0: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the playmakers.
1: Well, welcome back to the day after. As some people are dubbing it. Some people are saying that we had a decent show yesterday. I'm trying to micromanage that a little bit better because I would like to just encapsulate into a segment, right?
2: Yeah, just like a regular season, there's there's yep. ebbs and flows. So you're just trying to keep us on the path one show at a time, Lindsay. One
1: segment at a time. One moment at a time. Practice does indeed make Permanence. Thank you. Close enough. That's a change. That's a change. That's a deviation from our initial reaction. While permanence is not the technical word I'm looking for. Permanent. Same thing. Same thing. I'm just glad you didn't say perfection because that is truly unattainable uh, in just everyday life. Including the show.
2: I'm getting edumacated. Thank you, Lindsay. Yes,
1: Yes. osmosis is happening between the both of us. The only constant in this job is the grind and the fleeting nature of the moments of success and failure. Uh, Very happy to be back for another edition of The Playmakers on this Tuesday.
2: Yes, Tuesday.
1: Confirmed. Tuesday has been confirmed. and. This week's a, a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit different. I mean, every week is different from the from each other, but we're gonna keep it a little consistent in this first hour this week, just to see how it feels to us, and then see how the listeners truly feel. Because I know there's thousands on listening to the, us on the frequency, and then the millions untold as they are on the digital platforms. But yesterday we started. Broaching the topic of the almost, right, in the NBA, Adrian, not necessarily like the top five teams on either conference, but the other ones that are battling for that either top play-in tournament spot or maybe even just your regular old playoff uh, slot. Either way, who did we go through yesterday?
2: We went through the Bulls. And Utah, right? Bulls in the Utah and and some other... You know, tidbits of the league news, sure. so we'll keep that going.
1: Absolutely. Do you want to give away the teams that we're talking about today, or should we just reveal it as it goes on Let, uh, let's, when we get to uh, that moment?
2: Let's tease them. You want to tease them? Just know em? they're professional basketball teams in yes. high-pressure situations I like as it. we end the regular season.
1: Theater of the mind, that's what we are here to provide. And sometimes the echo chamber is uh, pretty scary. But uh, what's not so scary is watching the NHL scoreboard when you have someone like myself and Adrian doing it for you, at least in the NHL. I know that we are against the wall as Golden Knights fans for our postseason birth. I have great news to share with everyone today. We're technically in the playoff spot right now. Let's go. Yay! But we could be re- leapfrog depending on how things shake out tonight. Golden Knights are not playing tonight. Uh, they will pick back up their regular season schedule tomorrow, but I'll get you caught up on what happened last night, where our math is at, and who is on the docket to potentially ruin our at least next 12 hours. But we'll smooth everything over with this show. Uh, and then on our second hour, this is really when we start the creative juice is flowing here we go um I'm not sure how these first two segments are gonna go they're gonna they're gonna kind of bleed into each other we're gonna talk about rule changes not just the ones that we can that we heard come down from the NFL today but the NHL as well and then endangered landscapes what that means who that means that for uh it remains to be seen and then we'll wrap up the show with some news according to Adrian and then whatever else pops into our damn brains it's It's a random type of uh, allocation.
2: Lindsay, we're in the middle of WrestleMania week. We're gearing up for the Final Four, Mm -hmm. women's and men's. By the way, last night's game was crazy with Connecticut.
1: Double OT. Is there anybody more clutch right now than uh, Paige Beckers? I don't think so.
2: Uh, Right now? Every time she's just like, I'm
1: going to take this shot, and it will go in perfectly.
2: Yeah, no, that was crazy. And then also, we're officially one month away from the end of the regular season in the NHL. So, oh, are we really? Yes, officially, today. Gracious. Look at me with, with, I know. You with some NHL stuff. I know.
1: You are absolutely putting out the lines while I am keeping us in track in terms of the universe. But somebody has to do it because time is a social construct and so is the first segment that we lead off the show with, which is our can opener, can of corn, can of worms, can of whoopass. Well, today is a little bit
2: different. It's time
0: for the can opener. All
1: right. Been getting into a lot of serious stuff lately, and so I want to take a little bit more of a relaxed approach and harken back to some of our old bits of past. You haven't necessarily been part of these bits, Adrian, so this will be kind of a uh, an introduction point too. Because back in the Offen day, cherries. Let's we do used this. to do like, well, did we do on this day in history? We we did start the show doing that. Right? I, you not and I? with
2: not with me. That here. wasn't with
1: you. That was with Paul. See, again, I'm already like blending these yeah. things together. That's why this segment, or at least this particular canoper is called blended bits. On this day in history, is was a very, very momentous occasion, the 29th of March. Did you know this?
2: Yeah uh, no, I did not.
1: Um, how far back do you think our recorded history, at least according to onthisday.com, stretches back
2: to? Uh onthisday.com, I think at least until 1963.
1: <laughs> It's very specific year, even earlier than that. We're talking eight forty five.
2: Eight forty five. Not
1: that. Not a time this morning. That was an actual year back in the day, but
2: not on BC this day. Or, or no, this, AC is, this or? is this
1: is this is AD. This is anno domine for all of those that are non practitioners. What what does
2: AD mean?
1: Uh, anno domine. What
2: does that mean? Like, like
1: after death, but make it not Christian
2: okay 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 like okay. bce After instead
1: death. of before christ it's bce before common era does that make before sense? before
2: common era yeah, it's how
1: the historians are trying to it's wiggle like baseball, their way around the but dead that's the ball problem era. this is why i really like studying religion um adrian because so much of our history is tied up and it be that because of the collection of wealth be that uh, because of the collection of power, we're not really sure. We're here to separate the two, or at least somebody has to try to do that, right? Okay,
2: thank you for the uh the tidbits. I'm learning a lot. Absolutely, Let's do this, okay? in
1: 845 on this day, you know the Vikings, like the actual Vikings, yes. not the Minnesota Vikings. Ragnar Lothbrok today sacked Paris in 845. Are you familiar with, like, the Ragnar Lothbrok legend in the Ra- stories? I know
2: Ragnar because that's a popular name in video games. Yeah, so, and the Viking and then-
1: series, which is, like, literally centered around him and then his family, too. But he was, like, the most famous Viking besides like he was like Bericsson the jj stuff.
2: Watt, of vikings yeah
1: he was there to basically usher in the era of we're gonna merge the the viking scandinavian way of life and then like the anglo-saxons before they were anglo-saxons because at that point there were angles there were saxons there were uh england was a bunch of different territories we had a bunch of different people trying to take over and so he was just kind of going around be like we're gonna take your city pay us to leave and so they did. And so he liked I like the
2: vibe, okay? Yeah.
1: And so uh that happened today at 8:45. We also had Oh my goodness. Captain Robert Falcon Scott, you're very familiar with, with good old RFS.
2: Captain Falcon in the
1: South Pole 1912. Makes his last entry in the diary. The end cannot be far. I feel like that's a little metaphorical. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: ever deep. so slight,
1: ever so slight. That is super deep.
2: I mean, the man wasn't wearing the jacket. Is this what happened? He froze to death?
1: Yep. Also, 1994. This would be a, a great day in the history of, of Trista Crick's fandom. Jimmy Johnson quit coaching the Dallas Cowboys on this day
2: oh, in 1994.
1: Wow. Indeed. Indeed. But really, really what I'm talking about are blended bits here. Today is a big day in history for music, for the show, and mostly because because on this day in 1795, Adrian. Good old Ludwig van Beethoven made his debut as a pianist in Vienna. Let's play some theme music, shall we?
2: This just got intense. It's
1: getting real low. Real quiet. It's going to build
2: up. Oh, yeah.
1: Get those damn violins going. This is a full blown concerto. This is the first one that he made over the course of three days in Vienna. Is absolutely up there for favorite composers for me. I don't necessarily like as much of his stuff as, like, say, like a Tarkovsky or something. But
2: Tarkovsky,
1: in terms of the hits, in terms of the true bangers, how can you argue with this song?
2: He's, he's basically—it's <sighs> like the Doctor Dre Hold of composers.
1: For the horns. I freaking love classical music. You are dying over there, and I love it. <laughs> you were not expecting this. Nobody was expecting the follow-up to the greatest show we've ever done with this. But hold on. Listen to this talking back and forth that these two violins do. She's <laughs>
2: swinging
1: the microphone. Okay. It's about, we got to level up here. It's about to drop. We got to drop some lease in this bitch. We got to bring it up another level. Out of respect for Paul Ihander and the previous bit that was the beat of it. (laughs) Dude, this guy wrote so much damn music. Do you understand? I don't. I don't really either. Like this Wikipedia (laughs) is too expansive for me to truly get into. And I was just looking for an excuse to play this. I'm waiting for Fur Elise to show up. Is she here?
2: I got you. She is here. You just got to give us a second. I feel like we should have called my mom or my sister. Why? Both classical. Oh, they
1: are music people, aren't they? (laughs) Classical music. Maybe I should have given you a heads up on that one.
2: (laughs) But without further ado. You go home
1: and literally say, Lindsay would like to ask you a very particular question about Fur Elise up in this bitch. (laughs)
2: Listen. Listen, you—you'd you, be her favorite friend that I have.
1: I—I I would gladly take over but, that mantle. I need sweetheart. somebody to talk about classical musical music with because I'm not really sure where to go because I'm uneducated. When I
2: know it comes where we're going go right now. Without further ado,
1: mm. Adrian, why don't you drop some sports knowledge on this?
2: Oh my God, this is sports! Knowledge.
1: Yeah, you got like something stuck in your craw that's not part of our show for the rest of the two hours that we're going to be here.
2: I want to talk to the PD at KLUC, see if we can get a a collab concert with (laughs) 1140.
1: Bringing you the deepest cuts and hits from from one Mr. Ludwig van Beethoven.
2: Are you telling me we can't turn (laughs) up Brooklyn Bowl to this?
1: Brooklyn Bowl couldn't contain this energy. Like, when this officially takes off, you know, like... We've seen these videos on social media where people are making fun of like, what if this is the the first time that you're hearing Fur Elise ever, and it's, you know, 17, whenever this is released. Like, how mind-blowing is it? I mean... How transcendental is it? Well, how do you initially dance to something like this? (laughs) Like, just back in those times, do do you like undo your corset? Like, do you whip off the stockings? I mean...
2: And you could is only. You could only hear it in person too. It's not like you got Spotify.
1: I literally another thing I consider when it comes to when is the best time for Lindsay Brown to exist. a question that you posed to me last week, I'm like, how can I not have music on demand? How can I not hear these just little dancing around on the uh, E flat, the B flat, and the C sharp? I now know. On command.
2: To, I now know what to do for your birthday. Oh. See, if I would have known this. I would have had some of the members of the Las Vegas Philharmonic Orchestra walking into the show. I would have
1: cried. (laughs) I would have cried. Let me tell you about the Pandora's box that you work with across the glass from. Um, You're going to find out a lot of random stuff about me when it is ready to be presented. You know, can't rush anything. Timing is everything. I mean, we could always do like a belated birthday gift, maybe like at the end of this week or like. Maybe feel like next should, week?
2: I feel like I should call my Dude, mom and I have her. She could play an whatever opera you want. so
1: bad have you been?
2: Opera? No, but Phantom of the Opera, one of my favorite, favorite really? uh, and only plays or whatever. The, have you seen
1: the movie or the play?
2: I've seen the, the play. You've seen the play. But that was only two years old. It was in Toronto, though, which is like Toronto's Ooh. like the yeah, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Toronto's legit. like the one. The movie didn't star the uh, Gerard Butler, right?
1: Yeah, and Emmy Rossum, I think. Yeah. I never saw that, though, because that was like a 2003 04 play.
2: Yeah, and so
1: that was a little bit before my you know beat oven times or just kind of full blown. I think I was scared of the Phantom to be honest.
2: It makes sense some of the songs. Yeah, dun,
1: dun. and they like explored it in the show Arthur, and it was kind of like a pretty heavy theme. Did they epi- really? Oh, they absolutely did. I mean, that's
2: nuts. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, they explored a lot of different things. They no, explored true. like the the gold rush. They explored uh, new siblings and dealing with shared parent parents. They did all of these things, including
2: a few opera things. I
1: think Mr. Ratburn was a huge fan. Maybe it's this or jazz.
2: I'm going to have to uh, run this back.
1: I mean, did and you, is this the song that you asked me, do you want the full eight minutes? And I was like, I want a good chunk.
2: Yeah, no, the, the, uh, the, uh the symphony five.
1: Mm, that we symphony have about five, five.
2: minutes. Do we want to bring it up to that level?
1: I don't necessarily think that we need to, I'm sure in some capacity we could technically get in trouble, but I mean like beat <laughs> ovens. Uh, what are you talking about? Estate. Do you think they're going to, Chase us down. I, re-
2: I really hope not. I really hope not. Do you not, think
1: they have like a direct lineage down to, absolutely, to modern day?
2: Absolutely. When there's money involved, um, where do you definitely. think they went to college? The um,
1: firstborn son, let's be honest, of the lineage that the, is of this generation. Where did he go to college?
2: Probably like Texas Tech.
1: Texas Tech. <laughs> you think Beat Oven's like literal offspring definitely goes to Texas Tech?
2: He hated Was music he
1: a Tubby so Smith fan?
2: Apparently, he just hates music because everyone in the family is so invested oh in it. Oh no! So he's like, you know what? I'm going to Texas Tech to get a philosophy so degree.
1: He, oh no! He thinks it's going to pay off for him, doesn't he? <laughs> Son of a bitch! You think that's going to get you a job?
2: I really hope they don't try to Am do I... any legal things because, like, the, the way we're host. the way we're combining classical music with inside thought? with insider thoughts on the NFL draft is nuts, and they should be appreciative because we're kind of. Mending that bridge together. Yeah. As one. And we're making it I NFL coach most
1: likely to listen to classical music before they run out to the field for the game. Oh my
2: God. What a hell of a question. You're welcome, America. Oh my God. Um. You know what? Mm-hmm. Who causes the most chaos as a coach?
1: On I the field or before we get on the I'm field? I'm trying
2: to think of like...
1: Because like the easy answer is see Bill, McVay. it's I see, not.
2: I would want to say Bill. I love it. But I see Sean McVeigh because he's like one of those dudes, like when you work out, like how some people like listen to R&B. Sure. So it's like that type of philosophy where he's listening to classical music before he heads onto the field. Well,
1: right, because he's like organizing all of his photographic thoughts into perfectly curated uh, file cabinets in his brain. And what better song or just genre to do it to than the classical music genre? I used to, if I wasn't watching like Dexter or like Desperate Housewives as I was studying for finals, this is what I was listening to because I just need something going on in the background. Like I said, I'm a multidimensional individual are here. you?
2: Are you ocean waves needs to be turned on? No, I don't sleep? like
1: ambient sound for some reason. It's
2: a dangerous game. I, I
1: like it when it's like natural, like when I'm in it. I'm trying to be more embraceful of quiet and you can find that in nature quite easily, but the ambient sound, I'm just like, how do I not know that the waves are actually coming? Like it's just so real. Like you know, it's just going to create wow. this false reality. I literally saw like one bad video on a social media feed last night and it woke me up in a nightmare last night. I so hope it's I could about not get of the back kids. to sleep.
2: Huh? Was it about children? No, it was okay. not about kids. Okay, cool. It was about oh, cool. being stocked.
1: And so it's just
2: like great Oh yeah. that Soup
1: soups fun and we're gonna try to scrub this out for my brain. And we're attempting to do it with beet ovens for Elise. And if we haven't lost you yet of this from this beautiful and all-encompassing sports program I don't know what'll convince you to stick around maybe it's some NBA talk maybe it's some NHL scoreboard watching maybe it's about endangered landscapes for people that might have all of the world at their fingers and then what if they fail all of these things are on our docket so stick around we'll get all into it love for the bet
0: Lindsey Brown, and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
1: Somehow, someway, we have hopefully elicited an emotion from you, whether that's frustration, whether that's <laughs> appreciation. Regardless, there is for sure a Gwen Stefani song for that. And a segment on the playmakers for you we are an equal opportunity program here so much so that it's kind of about sports but mostly about other things my name is Lindsay brown across the glass for me each and every day is
2: adrian hernandez and we are here to
1: entertain and please but mostly entertain because pleasing people isn't our job
2: exactly entertain and and give you a variety of things from symphonies to sports yep
1: we can only be ourselves and hope to be the best version of it today and We started our week off uh, yesterday talking about the NBA and those almost contenders. And we're going to make it a little bit of a theme for the rest of this week uh, because not every team is in that top five, but we can certainly say that there's a few more uh, edges that we could probably glean upon when it comes to these almost contenders and what's truly holding them back. Like what are the fatal flaws for this team uh, that's almost there? What? Do others have that they don't? And so we did two teams yesterday, which were the Utah Jazz and the Chicago Bulls. And today, well, let's just start with one, shall we?
2: Yeah, we got two more teams, but really quick, I I want to change up the flow. Uh, I do want to go over some of the things that happened last night because of the standings and everything and everything being so volatile. Um, So first and foremost, we talked about the Chicago Bulls, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Following all the critiques and things I had to say, their performance, well, it was the worst loss of their season. Oh, no. uh, they lost one hundred nine to one hundred four to the New York Knicks. Oh. Who the Knicks are essentially playing for nothing. They're though,
1: playing like all their young guys right now.
2: Yeah, so. and technically they could still make a run, but they'd have to like win all their games. So they played a lottery team, um, and they lost. Uh, worse is that with the loss, um, Toronto and Cleveland won. Uh, that pulls the Raptors to an identical record as the Bulls and the Cavs, who also won, are one game out. So five through seven can switch instantly. Um DeMar, uh, Zach Levine, uh, Vucevic, they scored 80 points. The rest of the team, 24. That ain't going to get it done. No. Um, real quick, Denver beat the Hornets 113-109. So now Denver is up two games on Minnesota for that sixth spot to avoid the play-in tournament. The Hornets move back to ninth. Brooklyn moves to eighth, and there's only a half game separating them. Uh Last night also, Memphis beat Golden State 123 to 95. Uh Steve Kerr was ejected at halftime cuz they were losing by 36 points. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr, I see the vision. You just wanted an early night off. Um Golden State past two years without Steph Curry. They're 5 for 16. Uh they're one uh 5-16 losses uh s- without Steph on this road trip. They are 1-4. They are now only a game up on Dallas for the three seed. Memphis is 17-2. and two, And I have audio from Dylan Brooks because uh, I don't know if you and Paul talked uh, about this.
1: Who's Dylan Brooks, who's that?
2: Dylan Brooks, he plays for the Grizzlies. Um, he most notably was very upset. And he's their second best player behind Ja. Um, he was very upset when Andre Iguodala left the Grizzlies because he's like, why am I being sent to this team that's going to suck after winning? Uh, and this is what Dylan Brooks had to say after the game.
0: Just being here in this moment, looking back to that moment, what you think about how this team has developed?
2: Um, developed a lot. And we all had division, and he didn't, which is perfect. You know, send him back to the Warriors and let him, you know, do his thing over there. So uh, the Grizzlies do not care who you are, how many championships you won. Uh, they're going to defend themselves. Um, San Antonio beat Houston. They're now a half game uh, behind the Lakers. If the Lakers lose tonight, the Lakers will not be in the playoff race. They'll be out of the play in. Uh, And lastly, uh, Toronto beat the Celtics 115 to 112, uh, which leads me to the first team that we're going to talk about, which is those Toronto Raptors. Um, Last night, it was a huge win, but also Boston only played one of their starters. In Marcus Smart. So the fact that the game had to go into overtime and they only the won by the three. The only
1: guy that they played was Marcus Smart tells you a lot.
2: Yeah, and also... I love that guy. Yeah, and he played tough. Um, there are some rumors going around that now, why Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown didn't play in terms of their vaccination status, because if they do have to end up playing in the playoffs, obviously Toronto is now the only arena oh in the league that if you're not vaccinated so now that's we replaced Kyrie and now we're going to talk Don't about Jason work. Tatum we
1: thought that the pandemic was going to be over once Kyrie could play again but now <laughs> yeah, right guess what pandemic didn't listen did it
2: yeah and and just just to say something too is that so Toronto beats them they hang on 115 112 Boston was the one seed last night now they wake up this morning they're the four seed Damn. um for Toronto a fatal flaw their arena cannot catch on fire like it did this weekend. Did you see this versus the Pacers on Saturday? No. They had to evacuate, and the game was delayed 70 what minutes. What is
1: with arenas catching on fire? <laughs> the that's speakers. the second one this week.
2: What was the, fir- what was no, the other that's one?
1: The th- yeah, no, it's the second one, because one was in Toronto, and one was in uh, was the Denver Broncos Stadium. Denver? Oh,
2: yeah, Denver, yeah. With, at least Denver, there was no one there, quote-unquote. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> well, fires
1: do, like, happen without us starting them, believe it or not.
2: Yeah, um, so th- that's one of their fatal flaws I joke about. But, um, in all seriousness, is this Drake team... Is Drake bought
1: into this team?
2: No, 100%. He's been at all the big games. But this team is very confusing, um, because... How's Fred Van
1: Vliet playing these days? He's hurt.
2: Oh, uh, well, Fred Van then... Vliet's hurt. How
1: are they floating? Well,
2: he, he, the problem, one of their big problems is, uh, so Fred and Gary Trent Jr. have been hurt. They came back within these past couple of weeks but they're the not hell, playing. hell,
1: Nick, Nick, you're supposed to be nursing some injuries. Yeah,
2: exactly. They're they're not playing up to their potential. Last night they combined Fred and Gary Trent Jr. Uh they shot 25% from the field. That's a problem. Uh they're going to need to to rest up and and granted, uh Pascal Siakam, he's been balling. He scored 40 points last night against Boston. He scored 35 against Cleveland. Both of these games were must-win situations because of where they are in the standings.
1: So what teams can can cause problems for them the
2: most? Um honestly, it's, it's anybody like the, the problem with so they're this not team. That
1: good. That's just that everybody well, doesn't take them seriously. And then doesn't show up with a good enough game and they show up to win.
2: And I don't want to, well, I don't want to say Toronto is not like VGK where sometimes it doesn't seem like they're motivated. It's just that this team has been Jekyll and Hyde where they've been on fire since some of these players are starting to get back. Cause they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. But then at the same time, two weeks ago, they lost to the Lakers and, this was, they played the Lakers. It was in Toronto. They it was a must-win situation. They a
1: galvanizing personality there, and I just, be that because of injury or whatever, like, Fred Van Vliet hasn't turned into that for them, has he?
2: Not yet, no. I mean, and, he's a
1: great player, but I could probably say similar to, like, Zach Levine. He's a great player, but he's not a galvanizing well, personality, or at least, or, or, or like, aura as a player.
2: It's definitely something that Toronto's had to deal with outside of the Kawhi year, yeah. where you could say that One about DeMar yeah, yeah, Demar and Kawhi, Lowry. Um, and... Basically, if if Fred and Gary Trent aren't going to come back and, and spread the floor out and shoot like they're supposed to, this team doesn't have enough. Like, Pascal Siakam's great. He's going to make an All-NBA team, first or second team, probably second team. Mm. Um, And he's fantastic, but... Everyone else. You, now you're asking about Scotty Barnes, who might finish second or third in Rookie of the Year, who's who's been balling his ass off. You're asking him to step up. So OG they're most paper mache
1: Tiger in your mind in the East.
2: Yes. The only thing that's, that makes me hesitate is Nick Nurse is such a great coach that no matter who they play, if they stay, if they get that six seed and they don't have to play in the playing tournament, and if they do win the playing tournament and you get them in the seven game series, Nick Nurse is a good enough coach that no matter who they face. It's gonna go at least six games. Um, that's how much faith I think that Nick has with this team, and and they do have experience. Although there hasn't been that one person where Pascal isn't that necessarily. He's the best player on the team, mm-hmm. but like you're saying, yo, you need you need uh, an alpha male like that's gonna get the team in order and stuff. Well, he's game- not necessarily that, not yet, but. They have a great, like they have size, they have versatility. It's a matter of if they're going to be healthy and playing up to their capabilities, bouncing back from those injuries.
1: I don't know if it's much as like an alpha male presence as it mu- as much as it is. They just need somebody to believe in, where they're just there's some transcendentalism involved, be that of their own conjuring or just because of the personality. Like I think that's why Kawhi worked there because he was just like so mellow, and it was it matched the kind of Canadian way, but then at the same time. It's such a, a departure from what we're used to in the NBA, and so I think it just you believe in Kawhi because Kawhi is
2: mysterious. True, and they also had like dudes like Serge Ibaka and stuff, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who were vocal,
1: absolutely, and
2: also experienced, which is probably more, absolutely, most
1: important. and 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 that's us uh, kind of bringing all the 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 parts to explain the psalm. So the play-in tournament for the East is going to be super contentious because of. Brooklyn's potential involvement, right? Yeah. So if Toronto's in the play-in tournament, who do you expect not to be? Be that because they're in that top six part or maybe because they've dropped out to the bottom, which I don't expect considering how big the gap is between the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks.
2: Well, I, I think what's what's going to happen is where the standings are right now. Um, Cleveland, and two other injuries. Evan Mobley got hurt. He you guys sprained cannot
1: his get out of the way.
2: Lori Marketing got hurt. Ugh. So... It, this is a very, like, they're going to be in the play tournament, and it's going to be tough to catch up. And honestly, I don't know what they can do. <laughs> do you the like Cavs, them better in a
1: play tournament or an initial series right no, away? No,
2: initial series. I do not. One game situation with yeah. either Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. One of them playing is dangerous enough, let or alone if they're like both going to play. Or even
1: like lamelo is a guy that has like that magic belief that can, uh, I think, be relied upon at any point. While I, I don't think they're nearly as exciting as they were last season, I think it's there. You could say the same thing about Trey Young and the Hawks. I mean, the Cavs, like you mentioned, are, are just beat up as hell. And then Brooklyn has has Kyrie and Katie the Toronto Raptors. Like besides Fred, I I couldn't name anybody on that roster, and he's hurt. And so I, I really think that that will be a, a huge challenge for them.
2: Don't underestimate Nick Nurse though. He'll he'll put them in in good situations, and he'll he'll maximize the team as best as possible. Um, so and hopefully, how much f-
1: of that opinion is just formulated from that one year of being able to play with Kawhi, and how much is that like actual in the last few years? Because uh, I like mean, Dwayne Casey won coach of the year and then was fired the year after. How many years between that and Nick Nurse's hiring?
2: True. No, I mean look at I mean look at this year like the injuries that they've had and some of the yeah. plug-in pieces and and I think I told you last week like some of the things that he did against Cleveland where he uh, a defense that Cleveland hasn't seen all season where they're like no we're going to stop Darius Garland. Like, he does some things that are outside of 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 just standard protocol within coaches. He's willing to go coaches. outside the box. Yeah, and he tries to make the most, and he maximizes where, to me, he's one awesome. of the top three coaches. So um,
1: Quickly, what's our other team?
2: Yeah, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, your T-Wolves. Um, so, like we said, two games behind um, Denver for that sixth seed. Uh, they've dropped, what is it, three other last four games, and they've gone through their toughest stretch of the season. Dallas, Dallas, Phoenix, Boston. Uh, my main thing, my biggest thing is what's going to happen when Cat either gets in foul trouble or is not off to a good start and D'Angelo Russell also not off to good starts, Um, and it's happened more often than not. Who's going to step up for this team? And I will say, and, and I'll actually, I'll just take words that you said on Friday on MGM, like this team is is oh, above sense. expectations. Um, and, you know, this season is kind of like, let's see what we can get out of. And this is like an experience based attitude that you have heading into the postseason right with the Timberwolves, correct? Mm-hmm. So that's a positive. So I don't want to be too, too hard on them. It's just that some of these situations like they played Phoenix, they were up on Phoenix, um, a cat got his fifth foul, so his play style was different because he wanted to stay in the game. Yeah, he they've only been scored... blowing
1: leads uh, all year against good teams.
2: Yeah, when he got into that foul trouble, he was scoreless for the rest of the game. Uh, Anthony Edwards only had four points. D'Angelo um, only scored 11. And then on the flip side, and it's funny because they faced the Suns because it's like... The Timberwolves are trying to aspire what the Suns are, this franchise that wasn't good for very long, and trying to get to the promised land. And on the flip side, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. And that you could say this for a lot of teams, but I think the Timberwolves are going to go as far as their big three takes them, um, because you're asking for dudes that have played very well this season. you know, Jaden McDaniels and stuff like that, they've played out of their mind and they're getting better and better. But when that pressure comes in playoff situations, I don't think that's something that you can count on.
1: Well, and you can't be whining for calls then either. Like you just got to play through it. And that's something that they just have to play out of as well, especially Cat. And there's growing pains going with him as a legitimizing year has transpired for him, I think in the eyes of people outside of the Timberwolves organization. And I think a lot inside the Timberwolves organization as well. Because he just what w- had never really taken the step as the de facto leader, but the team had never really enabled him to, to be that guy either. And this is what happens when you allow people to be their best uh, and and foster that environment. And so uh, I agree. I think they're rolling with house money. Uh, I think in play-in tournament, they could absolutely win a one game against anybody Uh in terms of like the Pelicans, I'm not worried about it. The Lakers, I'm not worried about it. the Clippers. Eh, Paul George is coming back, but then the Nuggets are right there. But we've had their number at least the last couple of years. But then again, they have like actual MVPs on their team. And so we'll have to see how the how the Wolves shake out. They need to start winning some games again, though. It doesn't really matter at this point of the season who your opponent is. You got to start chalking up dubs because even if you make it, if you're riding in a slide, how far are you really going to go?
2: No, hundred percent, and I think they played Boston and granted Boston' best defense in the league. Yeah, Cat um, kind of seemed shook at the way that they were blitzing him and the way that they were attacking and bringing the double team late, and it just it just made the offense awkward. Yeah, Cat likes of to delayed. create his space, and so yeah. if that
1: if they're sending it on a, a little bit more of a mistimed thing where they're catching him maybe before he puts down his left foot to shoot versus his right. Like, that could be everything. And that's where it's like Kat still needs to get his resiliency meter a lot higher than his rattle meter. But that just comes with experience.
2: Yeah, 100%. So hopefully they can get that because – that's like that's the key thing this year.
1: Absolutely, good stuff uh, for our let's be real NBA the almost contenders. Uh, on the other side of the break, we are going to flip the script, but not really. We'll keep most of the lines, except change out the character. So just like Bill Shakespeare used to do all the time, we'll <laughs> talk about the NHL and what's going on. Love for the bet.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Download the Instacart
1: app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Adrian Hernandez and Lindsay Brown. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
1: So the last time I saw Alice in Wonderland live, it was at Zombie Pub Crawl in Minneapolis in 2018. And so it was just like six months or so after she dropped this album, and this is the most underrated track on the whole thing. I was so excited for her to play it, and then she didn't. (laughs) Uh, Granted, the bangers are truly limitless when it comes to the catalog of Alice in Wonderland. But not every track has Chief Keef on it.
2: No. 100. And not
1: every track has these vibes. No, 100%. As you literally just turn them all the way down. No, I it did I hate that. But that's no, no, all right.
2: It wasn't It was only 50 seconds of the song. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, it's all right. Um, we should
1: just start loading those, like, the full bits. If we're doing eight minutes of beat oven, we certainly can do three and a half of Chief Keef doesn't Wonderland. play, though
2: about this about this money. We got to be careful with chief Keefe. Um but yeah, a lot of artists sometimes they don't play their B-side records and it hurts because Yeah. If you're a true fan, that's what you live for, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, there were plenty of other tracks that that filled in instead and I'm hoping to see her and Halsey and all my artists this year cuz everybody's going back out on tour. So we got to start making that money. Because those tickets ain't cheap. No, hundred
2: percent. Life is beautiful. Did you get them already, or?
1: No, no. I uh, I do the old. Well, let's see if I can, you know, make a couple phone calls in this building, and then if that falls through, then we'll cross that financial bridge, and hopefully, no troll will be there. But I'm willing to overpay if it means that I uh, wait out and you know play my options.
2: I respect it. Lindsey Brown making big moves.
1: Well, we're trying. We're trying, and uh, I mean, we're. Trying to make a big move if you're the Gold Knights today. Robin Leonard was on the ice practicing, and then he took a puck off, I'm assuming the shoulder, oh, from no. Jack Eichel, a stinger, as uh, those call it in the business. Been there. Uh, I've also been to the point where you hit the absolute worst spot you possibly could. He left the ice. We're not sure about what that means. Uh-oh. But Braden McNabb was on the ice and is going to be traveling with the team and is a game-time decision. Nick Hag is still week-to-week. As I mentioned, no update on Robin Leonard, on Max Patretti, on Mark Stone. uh, Everybody else, Riley Smith, IR, still, Will Carrier, IR. I mean, there's a lot of of names still doppling that particular part of our roster and the area that we don't like. But a team that's also very uniquely familiar with this situation and has probably even higher aspirations or at least a better chance at reaching said aspirations are the Colorado avalanche and they are have to be staring themselves in the mirror right now because the rattle meter on the Nathan McKinnon injury watch has to be incredibly high. He flew home today earlier this afternoon after fighting Matt Dumba and their loss to the Minnesota wild in overtime the other night, upper body, but it's a hand and they're saying they're worried. I'm guessing it's broken.
2: Oh, geez.
1: And now people have played with broken hands before. Plenty, plenty, especially when it comes to Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, people have played without ACLs. People have played on broken legs. People have played on punctured lungs. That was basically the entire Bruins roster a few years ago. But when it comes to your ability to shoot the puck, to pass the puck, to receive the the pass, any of that, to be anything but a glorified moving traffic cone, and let me tell you, Nathan McKinnon is a, a heck of a, a, a freight train. I don't know how effective that's going to be. Now, it depends on which hand. A lot of people say, well, you don't want the top hand, the one that goes on the top of your stick to yeah. to to be the one that's broken because that's the one that controls everything. You'd rather have your your lower hand one. But then again, I'm like, then you can't put any weight on it if it's your if he's right handed, that'd be his right hand.
2: Weight or force, right?
1: Right. And so and that's what he is, is a force. Yeah. Especially as a shooter. And so uh, huge, huge breaths being taken by the Colorado Avalanche, especially as they are f- slated to face off against their true competition in the West Conference this year, the Calgary Flames. They're going to be playing tonight in Calgary, which Calgary Flames are nasty at home this season. They're uh, very, very good. And that's why like, it's almost breaking for the favor of the Flames to not only have Nathan McKinnon out, for tonight's matchup, including Gabriel Landeskog, the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. But then you're like, oh, maybe you're a little bit more uh, uh, vulnerable than we originally had thought. But the Flames are anything but. They're winners of three of their last four games, but they have a heavy Western Conference schedule. Literally all the rest of their games for the rest of the season. Adrian, our Western Conference opponents. I'll just read through them quickly. Colorado, the Kings, St. Louis, at the Kings, at the Ducks, at the Sharks, at Seattle, twice, Vegas, Arizona, Chicago, Nashville, Dallas, Vancouver, like. This is a good thing that they've built up a good cushion, because if they were to go on a little bit of a, of a, a streak here where they drop a couple that they shouldn't, at least they have that padding to help them out. And the Avs created that for themselves, too, although Minnesota is playing well enough that, honestly, you could see them challenging point totals if there's a little bit of a stalled offense, which you could probably anticipate with the Avs. They're a deep team, but there's no replacing two thirds of that line. Like it's well, just, I, I it just doesn't happen.
2: I wish the season would end today because that's who the Golden Knights would be going up against if the season ended today. Which that would is be true. The They're
1: technically in the second wild card position, but they are in danger of being leapfrogged again tonight because they are idle, and the team that is most likely to do so is the Dallas, or is are the Dallas Stars. Uh, if the Stars get two points tonight, a.k.a. you win in regulation or you win in overtime, uh, they will overtake Vegas in that wild card two position, and they're entering a, entering a huge week of their schedule, one that they will need to gain on if they truly are contenders. If they truly do want to be a playoff team and you don't win these games this week, I, I, I don't know what else to tell you because starting today at the Ducks, and again, at the Ducks on Thursday, that's not a playoff team. that sold off a lot of their assets a couple weeks ago. San Jose Sharks can say the same thing. At Seattle on Sunday, non-playoff team, literally sold all, off of everything for assets and basically second-round picks. And then the New York Islanders on Tuesday, which is one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. And so if you are who you say you are, Dallas, this is where you got to go. This is where if it's – I'm not saying it has to go 4-0 and – but anything less than 2-2 two and two is unacceptable to me at this point because the rest of their schedule isn't, like, the worst ever, but they have formidable competition. And so this is where you get the big boost. This is where you get the big jump to, to get the momentum going downhill and to hopefully not just overtake but stay in that wild card position, especially when you're seeing the St. Louis Blues winning a game the other night as they've been kind of circling the drain for the better part of a month. Mentioned the Minnesota Wild, Adrian, they're replaying tonight. Flower will be in between the pipes, people! This is your home for Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> propaganda, let me remind you. Uh, the Wild have won six straight games, and three of those have been 3-2 to two OT wins. Their last three, actually. They haven't surrendered more than two goals in any game during that span. And the Flyers, well, they're the Flyers. They've lost two straight, three of four, and have surrendered 11 goals in their last two games. And granted, they're playing Nashville and Colorado, so some decent offenses. Yeah. But... They also beat the Blues last week, so it's kind of a trap game scenario. And so I think playing Flower is a is a great play for the Wild in terms of just allowing that personality to come out and shine and hopefully get a a win at home against the the Flyers who they faced just a couple of weeks ago. And Cam Talbot, I mean, he's playing unreal. He's playing unreal and a uh, uh, one of the stars of the week for the NHL. Um, mentioned the Predators, they're rising. They have uh, ascended into. Well, I guess not. They got pushed down. They got leapfrogged by the Blues. They're in that first wild card position. They're going to be playing the Senators tonight, which are going to be playing with a lot of emotion because the Ottawa Senators unfortunately uh, lost somebody very important to their organization. The team owner, Eugene Melnick, passed away very unexpectedly publicly, but based off of the channels that I usually go through to figure out stuff, uh, it's not necessarily a surprise. And while he has a certainly um, checkered, tenure with the Ottawa Senators and those that cover him and the fans even he is the guy that saved the Senators you know a couple decades ago and has managed to keep them around and that's sometimes something that we take for granted as fans but the Predators bounce back five to four win on Sunday over Philadelphia after getting spanked by us the Golden Knights and LA six to one last week they leapfrogged the Blues out of third place in the Central and they will be looking to add another win tonight, but as I mentioned, the centers, which are a very, 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 very bad team, lots of emotion to be played tonight. I would expect Snarl, and I wouldn't be surprised if the centers were able to secure a win tonight just for their guy. So that's pretty much what's going on tonight in terms of games that truly matter to us, Western Conference. Uh, there's some Eastern Conference matchups going on as well, but I'll leave you guys to your own devices to figure out that if you need to. But just to give everybody an overview of where we stand today, the Calgary Flames are at the top of the Pacific Division with 88 points. The Kings are at 81 points second place. The Edmonton Oilers at 79 points. And then in the Central, your top three, the Colorado Avalanche at 98 points. The Minnesota Wild at 84. And at the St. Louis Blues at 81 with the wild card positions of the Nashville Predators and the Vegas Gold Knights at 80 and 76. Dallas Stars at 75 right there. The Winnipeg Jets, 74. The Vancouver Canucks, who we're going to see three times down the stretch here, 70 three and that's really where that cutoff is so it's down yeah. to vegas dallas winnipeg vancouver and then basically nashville and uh, st louis whoever is going in and out and then the oilers are there too so it is contentious people you might as well check back in every day maybe even every segment because you never know when we're going to drop some nhl knowledge on you we are the playmaker sports and other things are what we do and hockey is what i do best and we have a whole nother hour to explore including those topics on the other side of the break stick around we'll be right back Love for the bet.